The Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Singapore Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. Hey yo, what's up everybody? Dan Tom here, host of the Protect Your Neck podcast. Late as usual for the live audience. Apologies, but good to see y'all nonetheless. Uh, of course, we're going to be breaking down. UFC Singapore from top to bottom. We're going to be back to the usual format. Not that it matters. I, I don't think anybody really uh, knows I have a format with the comments that I, I tend to get, even though it's one of the more consistent formats. And for my long-winded ass, I tend to put a cap on actual who is winning and recap it at the end for you if you don't want to listen, which I don't blame you. Um, I know it can be annoying when you're listening. You're like, did, did they make a pick? Did he make a yeah, Anyways, we'll have timestamps up after for the live audiences. But yeah, we're back to the normal format where we'll be recapping uh, the previous uh, week uh, or, uh, you know, uh, uh, crying, uh, as a lot of other people like to call it, even though you're just uh, accounting for things even more than the uh, proverbial winners do. But, you know, that's what we do. Rain, uh, you know, s- snow or sleet or whatever the fuck the uh, the thing is. We're going to recap results. You guys know it. Top to bottom there. We move over to the breakdown. Top to bottom there. A little bit of you guys and chatting in between. Uh, I still keep the super chat or whatever, like, monetization turned on. I don't deserve any of it. Um, and you guys know that it doesn't matter. I will get to your questions if I can. Anyways, and, of course, we've got uh, some of the regulars in the house who I'll shout off the top. And, of course, at the end... We will recap picks and plays. Of course, you may know me from places like uh, little Troy McClure here. Uh, betting analysis via the Action Network and uh, MMA analysis via MMA Junkie. Yeah, this is a little shit show here where uh break down high-level MMA on days like today. So, uh, or nights like tonight. Recording this uh, a little over 24 hours before the fight. Fighters just weighed in. We didn't really get a stream over there that I saw. I didn't really try to hunt one down. I've been kind of running around doing my normal juggling whilst watching tape in between uh but yeah reportedly all fighters make made weight which um may or may not affect affect one pick and or play although if you were to pick and play this gentleman perhaps uh you'd do it this way anyways whether it was a good cut or a bad we will get to all that and more um all right we got rain lamina in the house the zhang wei lee of toasting that delicious victory i don't know about that and a very delicious victory it was indeed for Zhang Wei Li, it was not for uh, not for this here show. It was a old reverse sweep. I was like, I didn't, I didn't write down like what I went for in picks and or you know even just fight picks. Uh, forget plays. I'm like, you know, it was a reverse sweep. Who gives a fuck what what I went for in picks? Uh, who cares what the analysis is? It was the results. We got Makato Kayagoku in the house. Zhang Gang in the house. That's right. Look at that. Zhang Gang is in the house, and definitely a lot to be happy for there uh, for the Zhang team. Uh, which may or not may not be in the house. Jimmy Kudo is. Hey Dan, remember the listeners? Um, no trolling. Please be respectful. Oh, I appreciate that, Jimmy Kudo. Of course, we got Jimmy Kudo, the enforcer in the house. Uh, one of my most trusted, along with another who I referenced, uh, Ghost Phantom, also has uh, enforcer uh, duties as well. So you res- best respect him, like you respect my man Jimmy Kudo. Yeah, I mean, if you want to respect me, you can. I do appreciate it. You know, just uh, you know, 
you know, don't, don't throw too hard of rocks, uh, is, is I guess my, uh, my guidelines, because I'm so soft. Uh, no, just, you know, you know, uh, you can shit on me all you want, but we'll try to keep, try to keep the racist and the religious and all the, uh, the whatever phobic stuff y'all have, uh, you know, there, there are ways to insult people without having to go there. Dan, great to see you so much. Such a great week. It was, man, and I would love to hear more from you, sir. Um, but uh, we know you had a great week. James Kendrick in the house. Uh, I saw you got a shout from Ghost's scouting report. Uh, I did. It was really kind of him. And I'm just more happy to see Ghost getting his due daps. Uh, follow him, by the way. Give a uh, another reminder of that. Try to share his stuff when I can, uh, when he hits me up. Um, he's such a cool dude and just so happy to see other cool people in the space giving him his due daps, whether it's the Jack Slacks or the Phil McKenzie's of the world, so very happy. Um, but yeah, uh, so technically, I don't I don't know if I had a part in that at all. But no, um, that Ghost deserves all the credit there, uh, and and then some, so so uh, please use use this space to, to shout him all you want. By all means, he deserves it. Um, you definitely won't be taking away from me. Um, da -da -da -da. We got Super Matito caught you live two weeks in a row. That's right. I recognize you from last one. Solid breakdowns last week. Killed it. By the way, I recommended your podcast to a buddy who ended up uh, being a pal of yours. Shout out to TJ. Oh, wow. Okay. Awesome. Uh, shout out TJ. Um, Dan Tom for the win. I appreciate that. You know, it's funny because like, I did terrible, but thankfully, uh, again, people don't care. Like, oh, it's an excuse. Like, no, I just genuinely, it actually makes me feel better. Um, and again, you guys are all class. No one's like doing like victory laps rubbing in my face or anything like that. Like you guys share your slips with me all day. Anybody who has privately know I keep that same energy. All happy for you guys. And when it came to that, it seemed like a lot of you guys actually did really well despite me doing terribly. Um, so, you know, I guess maybe the I don't know. I can't take compliments clearly. But what I'm trying to say is that I'm glad you guys at least did well. Rio says in Truesdale in the house. What do you think of people changing picks due to a face-off? Uh, it's silly. You're in speculation city at that point, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, uh, I can't remember it, but there was one guy who almost looked scared at the uh, weigh-in, and then he goes and just demolishes the guy, and I was just like, oh, Jesus. Um, da -da 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 -da. After listening to you, I changed my main event pick, so... Two doesn't go the distance. Helped out huge. Yeah, absolutely. The under came through for me there. Unfortunately, the under um, did not come through in the uh, Zhang Wei Li fight. So I guess we'll recap on that note. We're 5.55 in. Why not? That's a pretty good time for this show anyways. Sean O'Malley defeated Aljamain Sterling. Um, I gave you guys a hedge out opportunity. Uh, you know, I was like, you know, this is, I, I smell it. We're doing two. It wouldn't matter at that point, but I was like, we're getting reverse sweep two weeks in a row. I almost got to be proud of that. You know, at this point, because it's just like uh, reverse sweeps were a rarity. And of course, and again, I called it, you know, so for feeling prophecy. It's like, eh, say that if you will. I was actually really positive last week, minus the obviously Magni pick that I was obviously and admittedly prior keeping that same energy on this year's show, not feeling great. And told you guys, in fact, not to follow me off a cliff. Outside of that, I honestly felt great. I thought I was going to have one of my nights, even went down to the book. Um, you know, uh, it lost some untracked plays there. I actually won a, a, an untracked parlay, but because it was losing and I didn't um, get anything posted uh, prior, not that it matters, it's untracked for a reason. It's just when I'm having fun when I'm passing through the casino. Um, you know, I'm not going to post either, or I know a lot of people won't post their losers at all. They'll only post winning slips. That's just like the gen pop, even people in the business, or they'll, you know, you wait till you get a win till you post your losses kind of a deal. I get that. I get it. Believe me. I. 
I could use all the help and all the all the cushioning I could. So I'm not hating there. Just stating that uh, my over-honesty, even me, I still feel bad for not accounting for those. But it was like raining on the night and I was looking up at the sign. I was like, you know, it was, we're going to turn it around. We're going to feel good. And I actually, again, due to me not taking compliments well, I feel much better a lot of times uh, more positive than I may come off. You know, I know I've got that, that fucking uh, curmudgeon fucking Asian Bill Burr energy all the time. But uh, I'm much more positive than I come off. So I don't, uh, you, know, you know, buck with that... Uh, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy because I was just like you know you want to talk about you know, you know karma deserving or we, we you know you're in a whole nother kind of thing of speculation city at that point a self-pity city and I really don't want to spend too much time in either of those to be honest especially in this game uh, you got to pick up you got to move and you got to kind of stick to the facts even when the results aren't necessarily uh, matching we learn from it where we can we'll be picking against trend on some spots coming up folks in the breakdown and I'll be picking with Trent in some spots too. So it's like, what do you do? You know, may could, could end up another night where it's like, oh well, the you know, oh you picked the process guy over the opportunist here, and it went the opposite way, and it went the opposite way here. Oh, you 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 had the right idea, you just got it the wrong side. Who knows? We'll see what the fuck we're in for. But I'll give you guys what I got, so you can fade it or hopefully just cash something. Um, not to sound like Johnny the Greek, which is ironic, because again, you want to speak about karma. Uh, this bad streak really picked up when Johnny was having his bad streak, and I was like one of the few people that was like, "Listen, go easy on him. Um, it's it's a tough job, regardless what you think of the guy or his uh, his past plays or whatever." I, I didn't follow any of his football stuff or anything. I don't know. I, from what I've met, the guy he's been always nice and stuff. But I was like, "Yeah, that could happen to anybody." This game is so kind of you know uh, this this game is so kind of crazy. Um, Jason Herzog recently had that tweet shitting on somebody who just lost a bet and was just you know. MMA Gamble Bro number 7,000 coming at officials and fighters, right, for their grievances and their tickets. And, of course, it was reductive because not every bet is a 50-50 bet, obviously, both by value, probabilities, props, methods, points, handicaps, whatever we're talking about and the like. But a lot of the time, some guys are lucky, some guys are not. To the picking of money lines, it is basically like a coin flip, especially as a volatile sport of this. So uh, I, I loved it because, again, it kind of validated something I'm saying, and Jason Herzog doesn't even do my beat, right? But it still applies to where these people get on there such high... Uh, they're so negative on these things. I think some of these gamblers who message the fighters and stuff, and I know none of you guys in this show are much more classier than that. But I think it's because, again, what I speak of, and it's not being sour grapes or sore losers. I say this when I'm winning. I keep that same energy there. But um, it's that the dangers the heartbreak of, of being so close and and, and, and and you know not getting justification as I feel like I've, I've been in these spots right to the spots where you're getting the breaks and stuff is you can get kind of too high on your horse right and think that you know just like the thing in life you think you're an expert in one thing you make the mistake the thing you start thinking you're an expert in other things right and um, and it's just so funny how loss of reality some of these some of these gambling people can get because it's just like at the end of the day like Jason Herzog said it's just like your whole world is like a 50-50 coin flip, but you all of a sudden have the wherewithal information and expertise to talk about my scope of work. You know, it's it's really it's it's really funny in that in that regard. Um, wow, Dan, you really started going off on a on a tangent there. Uh, but basically, yeah, uh, it was it was a big fade. I suck. Uh, we'll just wrap it up there because I started off talking about O'Malley Sterling. And yeah, it was a weird first round. And at first, I was like, okay, it was a little dangerous. Uh, Sterling playing the kicking and stuff, but like, eh. he survived the first. The second round was the money round that I thought it was for the wrong guy, of course, right? Um, 
But I was like, okay, this round he should be getting getting at it more for the takedowns. And then O'Malley, of course, hits. Of course, you know, again, you know, uh, you know, and 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 I don't disrespect O'Malley's skills. It's, it's more what I'm speaking here is more just the. Uh, just classic, you know, the the hyped guy, you know, Aljo, who, say what you will, you don't have to be a fan of him, but how could you not feel for him just getting booed, you know, like, just all the time and stuff, and pretty clear, you know, I mean, there, there, are, there are there are reasons, that you, you know, it's completely legit to not like him, that, that's totally fine, and I'm not, like, the guy's big biggest fan here, so I'm not, like, uh, telling you you should be, or trying to shame anybody, but yeah, there are obvious things at play when you see them, you know, giving love to... to, to uh, <clears throat> to his teammates and stuff, and doesn't matter whether you know adjacent. I know Boston's not very New York friendly, but even like you know the New Jersey or tri-state area, we've seen Al Joe really not get that love. And you know the hype guy, he was kind of put in the place, and even o even O'Malley was saying it too. So you can't say, oh, I'm not saying it out of sour grapes, by the way, because I by the way I was one of the people online that was actually defending the stoppage. I was okay with it. So if I was a sour grapes guy, reason number five thousand five hundred, whatever, that I would have been on that narrative, but I wasn't. Um, I thought it was fine. It was a nice counter. It just was just sucks that you know you see the ESPN count blowing it up and doing that thing like they were practicing it backstage, and then you know UFC all of a sudden they're they're uh, <clears throat> they're uh, of course uh, blasting out their finishes and promoting him like harder than they promoted Aljo this whole time. Um, and I know he got the the belt on those matters, and he's the only champion. It's just like. How much are you going to use one excuse, which people do in life, and, and hang it over that person's head just so you can feel right, like, or not call the obvious thing, or God forbid bother to explore, open your mind, and see, you know, or maybe just have some empathy for someone, God forbid. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so that's all kind of, that's the more part of the cringy stuff, and just seeing again, just the hype, the typical stuff, the yada yada yada. And closing out on a night where I'm just like, you know, getting reverse swept again was just like, ugh, this is very typical. When the hype is winning, I typically am not doing well. It's like, well, Dan, well, you should learn from that. Like, I have on certain spots, you know, uh, betting against fighters I dislike or don't like their style and have profited. And I've had plenty of those examples of recent that I can't pull up, not worth pulling up right now. I'm going to push onto the co-main. Uh, but uh, there's also just, again, that, that, that weird luck. And when I tend to back a lot of the hype guys, that's when they show themselves as hype guys and I'm like no no I'm supposed to be a part of the contrarian crew on the other side of the tracks cheering saying oh we saw it coming we tried to tell you guys and instead I'm looking like a fucking square right you know so it's just just one of those one of those things but no issue with the stoppage at all um props to O'Malley who I've always respected as a fighter I just you know uh I, I don't really get, get get with the other stuff and uh, yeah I'm not gonna get into Personal stuff or his personal stuff that doesn't really matter. Zhang Wei Li defeated Amanda Lamos. Um, Yan's decision again, great for the Zhang gang. Uh, shouts to my guys, uh, Ghosts and the rest. I know you know uh, you guys are all uh, you know big fans and, and and some of you much closer supporters, obviously, than others. But nonetheless, we all celebrate, right? Uh, like you guys said, um, you know, I will say uh, uh, this one was just like. I, Again, I, I can't feel too bad. There's a bunch of people who had unders, doesn't go the distance, uh, Zhang Wei Li inside the distances that were that were right there with me or, or you as well if you were on that. I was like, oh, how did this not how did this not cash? It was just one of those fights, right? And uh, and yeah, man, uh, you know, the submissions and whatnot, you know, the positions were there, although it looked like she got pissed and just decided to just start wailing instead of like going for a submission. Not that she would have got it because, again, there's a lot of things that play into these, right? Lamosha's improved. 
defense, her improved cardio, which was not necessarily expected as you get later in your career. Um, not that an old dog can't learn new tricks, but you know it becomes less of a less of a factor. And cardio is one of those things that tend to go, especially fighters who have fought up multiple weight classes and are cutting a lot of weight and have been and are not just in their 30s, but mid-30s range, like Lemos, right? So, again, a lot of trends that had to have been bucked there, and they were bucked, and that's part of MMA. That's why it is a volatile game. Um, but this is also something good to mention, because, uh, you know, I, I mentioned, like, oh, Easter egg, my, you know, uh, may have been, you know, uh, been, you know, uh, made privy to some information that, let's just say, confirmed my analysis. I want to say this, uh, um, I had somebody like apologize. I'm like, why are you apologizing? I'm like, first of all, I made the plays, and I would have made I would have made the plays anyways. A, B, uh, I made the plays before this information. Um, I got I got any of this information, and C, I'm only bringing it up right now, again, because not just to follow up because I did kind of give the Easter egg little sprinkle hint in the last podcast for you guys. But it also just goes goes to show that, uh, and this is why I, I tempered it, and you saw me not, you know, max out or only just go a, a unit. I think what did I have like 1.5 uh, exposure on Wei Li, or something like that. Um, 1.88, I can't remember. Yeah, maybe like 1.88 because I did a little Scotty Pippen sprinkle on round three as well as the half unit on round two. Um, but only a unit on the submission prop is my point, right? And it's because, and that this is, and I've said this before, so this is keep staying congruent with that. But like. Uh, you know, when you get any kind of information, it's very dangerous. I, you almost don't want to. That's why I don't play. Like people are like, how do you? And you know, maybe it's to my own detriment because the politics and the schmoozing, although that can be detrimental, obviously if you do it wrong or disrespectfully, I just tend to kind of stay away from that. The whole leaning to the professionalism because that's so fucking profitable it got me so fucking far. Clearly, right. That being said, there is there is something that I do still firmly believe, tongue in cheek, there as I may be. Which is, um, again, back to this game being so volatile and another reason why people are so goddamn silly, whether they're crying about their losing bets or thinking they're God's greatest gift because they're fucking just lucky. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of luck that goes into this. Even with my ass and, as you guys can see, um, with my losses. So, again, i got to keep that, that same energy, my favorite saying here, right? Um, even if I'm winning and I do, it's, that's why I'm so tempered when I'm winning. I'm like, ugh, ugh, something's always going to go wrong. Part of me, that's just how I'm wired. But also, it's a volatile fucking game. Even when you do the work and have the analysis and whatever fucking Dan Tom Jerkoff gif that I'm doing to myself here, right? Shitting on myself here. Still luck involved. Doesn't matter who's who is there. Um, and that's the crazy thing. And, and the dangerous thing about it is not just the fact that it shows how lucky luck is involved that you can you know, have all the signs pointing one way and still not get a certain result. But the dangerous thing is, and I've seen this happen where maybe you see someone get injured or you get word of it or you see it yourself or something like that. Um, and you're like, oh my God, I have whatever tinsel of inside information, whether it can be seemingly tangible or somewhat innocuous. Um, it doesn't matter. It all feels the same. It all feels like you just got Willy Wonka's golden ticket and you're like, is this the edge people speak of? Like all the guys front like they have on their YouTube videos, but like, no, I actually just stumbled upon some inside information. It's like, a, what was that Billy Bob Thornton uh, movie in the in the woods where they, they stumble upon the plane, right? With the money, like that's, that's like, that's like your MMA gambler stumbling upon some piece of information. And it's very easy, even if it's again, on the lesser scale of tangible information to be like, I have something that the gen pop is not privy to. I'm going to go run and max out on it. 
is very easy to go justify that because you were like, when, when else is this going to happen? It's called gambling for a reason, baby. It's good odds. It's made sense. I just picked up this little tangible information. Let's fucking run to, the, run to the tape. Whatever your process is, whether you're fun, whether you're serious, just, just keep to that. Just keep to that. So that's a very important thing to mention there for that. But very happy for Zhang Weili. Ian Machado Gary defeated Neil Magny. Uh, after the first like leg kick land and Neil stumbled, I was like, this was a really stupid bet. Why didn't I just do the thing where, like, again, like if I was more worried about saving face and how I present things to both how I'm right, how I'm wrong, and my picks to protect myself, I don't because I'm transparent as fuck despite, you know, uh, being accused of the latter or otherwise. Um, yeah, no, I didn't want to do the cheeky thing where I pick Gary for safety. Like, no, everybody knew he's the deserved favorite. Um, but it was just, it was the number, right? You know, for, for, I don't lean into that much. I'm not trying to selectively just lean into it here. But to the point of like 99.9% of gamblers justifying their bullshit on these streets, you play the numbers. And uh, yeah, I played the numbers. Thankfully, it was only like a Scotty Pippen unit shot there um, that missed out. And uh, it, it, I, I feel like, uh, from my timeline, not that I wish it, by the way, but just because it brings up an interesting point, a more interesting point to take away than my shitty plays, obviously, is uh, it does seem like, you know, almost Gary betters losing as much because everybody betting inside the distance. And I feel for you there. I'm not, I am not um, trying to make anybody feel worse about that or give you PTSD flashbacks. I only bring that up to say that it that, that was interesting. You know, it's like, do we overly? Because, again, I think it's fine to fight smart, but do we overly which arguably could have been happening on the timeline do we overly go oh it's good he's just so smart you look at him in there you know uh you know feeding the hype train right or are are we uh being kind of critical here and going short notice one-legged to my previous analysis to call myself out on that as well here by the way catch the stray mentioning this but a guy who has shown signs of being shot i know dan you just picked him and played him but yes i've also said that so, and it's only becoming more clear here, even though it was short notice. But he, all those things, you, you couldn't get him out of there on the one leg. You know? Oof. I definitely, hearts out to you, uh, Gary, inside the distance better. My heart's with you, if anything. So I'm not trying to shit, if anything, sympathies. Um, which, again, you don't really you don't really get from any other betting shows. Most people, they don't give a shit. It's when I'm fucking boss, you, you know, this, that, that. So, again, miss me with the karma stuff. Miss me with the karma talk. Miss me with the positive affirmation. Like, that was true. Trust me. Your boy be doing a lot different. Um, let's go uh, down here. Amara Batista defeated Demon Blackshear. I didn't watch this one too closely. Um, Beating him by decision like I thought. Uh, Vera defeated Pedra Minas. Um, I was eating at this time, so I'm, I'm wondering if I got both taken by the commentary subconsciously in my ear, and then I got you know the Twitter timeline going in front of me as well. And it is a competitive fight. Even though if I go back to watch it, I probably wouldn't disagree with anybody. Uh, and, and again, uh, could probably easily find a justification, I'm sure, uh, for the 30-27 scorecards. Although I'm absolutely sympathetic to you points handicapped people who lost out by just not the one, but I believe the two 30-27s. So I'm sympathetic. And again, I think it, it's that sympathy that I do tend to have. Maybe, uh, you know, got me, you know, uh, got me to tweet that, you know, that I was sympathetic. I'm not taking that back. But I think that got interpreted that I was scoring the fight, which I was not, by the way, nor would while I'm eating or under any influence or anything like that. I don't, want, I don't need to add to the misinformation out there. Scoring is something you really need to focus on, needs your focus on. Um, 
so I was just giving those sympathies, but that can come off as like me saying like, oh, I thought it should have gone the other way because that's just how people, again, people are like in their own minds and how they read things, especially if they bet. So that was me just giving sympathies. Uh, that wasn't a big statement on the score. So if you're like, wow, Dan thought that was close. I wonder what the hell is he was smoking. Well, you can DM me to find out the second question, but I, I was not scoring the fight. Brad Tavares defeated Chris Weidman. Um, I want to feel good about that, but then I also feel bad because you're just watching like Weidman get tortured out there, right? But I'm happy for my guy, uh, Brad Tavares, who's just always catching strays and getting disrespected and not getting the flowers he deserves. His career still continues on. Obocop defeated Dennis Tallulah and used that grappling, baby. Um, yeah, that was a contributing foul. I don't know what, what what they're getting on with these fouls and stuff. And I hate it, too, because the commentators, it's like, you you guys are the fighters, so you shouldn't you should know better. Then to I know Rogan does this, but like DC is doing it now too as well, and I know DC kind of mimics uh, Rogan, especially when he's on the broadcast with him to be like that new Rogan, um, kind of in a way. But like man, just like you're throwing shade at fighters, you don't realize what that does to fighters when you when you say someone or insinuate someone's a dirty fighter or insinuate oh I don't know if that went low or oh I think he's just trying to look for a DQ. Like first of all, even if it's true, it's just fucking rude, right? Because you are still in speculation city, even if you know, gun to the head, you're betting this way, and we're all betting with you. Still, professionalism, speculation fucking city. And secondly, most of the time they do that accusation, at least half the time, I'm willing to wager 70% of the time, it's clear like fouls and like clear like, either clear uh, fouls, clear legitimate, they should be hurt, or clearly unclear, so where you should shut the fuck up and maybe not go on a ledge and be unprofessional Though you arguably, like I just said, shouldn't be fucking doing it anyways. But yeah, go ahead and fucking do it. Especially the fighters. To the fighters. Sorry. Where the hell did my uh, screen go here? <laughs> uh, sorry. Oh, there it is. I'm back. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, that just that just pisses me off. Um, Kurt Holabaugh defeated Austin Hubbard. Uh, fun scrap there. Speaking of fun scrap, Brad Katona defeated Cody Gibson. I feel like an, uh, uh, the biggest asshole in the world. <laughs> my guy AB DM me. He goes... You know, he's got a speech impediment, right? And, like, how much of a hypocrite am I, you know, making fun of anybody with a speech impediment or anything like that? Um, fucking Tourette's, dude, making fun of anybody with a speech impediment. No, but then at the same time, I was getting, like, messages from, like, really well-respected and nice people who I consider nice going, oh, my God, I can't fuck it. I, I want to punch babies too, Dan. So <laughs> there was that. Uh, happy for Brad Katona, obviously. Very happy for uh, him. Just, yeah, I guess, yeah, the voice. Punching baby. Andre Petrovsky defeated GM3 Gerald Mearshart. Uh, again, speaking of keeping the same energy, I didn't bet on this fight and I picked Petrovsky. But it was classic Dan Tom getting angry for the same things for the decision. And not saying it was a bad decision, just again, feeling for GM3 more than um, making indicative scoring statements of that fight. Although, again, I feel like it was, it was big swinging, it was big swinging shots, not landing cleanly in a close round that took it over the more consistent little cleaner counters but they're in between the big shots you know classic things like that maybe not so much leg and body work in that argument per se but again counter fighter right that's the other big one body worker and counter fighter i think argue, arguably body worker counter fighter fighter more than leg worker by a small margin uh, although all three um in the minorities as far as uh, getting short sticks uh on those uh, or just in the usual suspects as far as getting short sticks in those close decisions, I should say. Um, Natalia Silva defeated Andrea Lee. Didn't really watch this one. Karine Silva defeated Marina Moroz. Uh I ended up just, you know, 
maybe it's because I, I needed a dog shot. And again, that's another thing about getting reverse sweep. Like I was, I've been in pretty tight. Like you know, like a small thing on Magni, and then I think I put Morose just in a in a round robin, right? Because again, I knew it was you know the first play of the night. Probably not going to go through with my record, both prelims and first plays of the night, even when we're on the main card. It's almost like an insta jinx for me, because again, I just. God forbid I just don't uh, it, I don't have to just sweat out the whole card, right, to, to, to eventually lose. Um, <clears throat> and this is another fight where, again, uh, just like the Magni one, it wasn't confident. There's very, very little exposure in this for a reason. And even before they, quote, officially lost, I already knew right off the bat they were going to lose kind of a deal. So no crying over any spilt milk on this end. Um, nothing I wasn't, again, entirely surprised of that I both called ahead of time and you could translate through the exposure. But of course, uh, just to just to make sure again, because we can't just get the red light. We gotta gotta make sure we're just, just getting stopped at the yellow light. You know, God forbid I had two more rounds of hope before the loss though, right? Because Marina Moroz, of course, taps with one second to go. And it wasn't an arm lock, it was it was a choke. Guillotine. Um, where you can kind of rest in them for a little bit there, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was just very, very classic. very cla Again, because losing isn't enough even when you're expecting to and you're trying to protect yourself and you're, God forbid, have a healthy mindset. Go like, no, 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 let's let's just, let's just fucking twist it. Sorry. All right, and that's the recap. There we go, 2836 uh, for UFC 292. P appropriate visual for how my results were. Again, over just reverse sweep. That's that's the results that matter there. Okay, let's jump on over. We'll, we'll clean up the chat just a little bit, and then we'll jump on over. Uh, -ba hey, Brad Tashchuk in the house. Remember when Anderson wore a mask at the stare down with Vitor because he was terrified? Oh yeah, that was hilarious. There was some. That's a that that's another one. That's some. Yeah, I, I remember. There were there were so many narrative, so much narrative nation around that. Actually, I'm going to be thinking about that fight a lot if they book Yan Yan Janan versus Wei Li, um, because we're going to have uh, you know uh, a home country versus home country, face versus heel, all in the same kind of matchup again, right? Um, Ghost has always been awesome. He was just small time when he was doing breakdowns on Drake Riggs show. Uh, more of the chat boys here love him. It's crazy how much he has grown. Uh, I love seeing all the love. Great shout to my guy Drake Riggs as well. Uh, Drake's old segment for Ghost used to be called Phantom Punch Breakdown. Oh, that's awesome. I feel like I'm slacking. I'm not giving Ghost a... Uh, I did talk about getting him on the uh, show. Ghost, follow up on me with DM, by the way. I know I'm not really consistent on these shows right now, so I'm not really following up with anybody in that fact, but, man, that's awesome. He deserves it. Um, Akatsu Kayagoku. So, yeah, big shout-out to him. Awesome. Love seeing that. Um, well, I get blocked if I say the word Aljo Mally. <laughs> no. No, I don't know why you get blocked for saying that. Um, James Kendrick, I say this every week, but in my opinion, your analysis is always great. So even if your pick is wrong, I will always respect your ideas and analysis. I appreciate that. I mean, that's why I like to I think I'd be there for. But to be honest, I'm more competitive than I realize, and losing sucks, man. So there's just uh, no way around that part of it. Um, all right. Uh, oh yeah. Also to the listeners, don't put racist or bigoted things in the chat. We don't need that kind of stuff. Let's be as positive as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, always, you know, there's enough of that on my timeline and when I open up my phone in general, so, yeah. Uh, behind the scenes stuff, a big part of Whaley's strategy was to have answers to Lemo switching the southpaw, right body kick, and the right hand down the pipe. Really nice. Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I 
championship level camps. They, you know, it's not just the grappling. They got everything figured out, man. And uh, getting analysts in the camp is a big thing. So anyone that can contribute, like my man Ghost or others, and my man Connor has contributed to camps. Uh, you know, I guess I have before small town. I don't really talk about it, but you know, it's it's really fucking cool to see though. James Kendrick, what do you think of Ghost doing after Sean going after Sean Hume for a bad take on? Whaley's being that Lemos's fault for losing. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see uh, Sean's take honestly, or much less in context. I know he can have strong takes, especially about WMMA. Um, so the fact that uh, my guy had a strong take there, uh, you know, that doesn't surprise me. But uh, you know me, man. I'm not, I'm not trying to throw shade at other analysts, especially if I don't even have the uh, information. Races in Truesdale. Remember the hard body kick right hand in the fifth round? I don't know what you're talking about. Probably the Whaley fight. I guess. Yeah. Uh, just happy that Whaley won. Yeah, yeah, Synchro Wing, Ian Machado Gary, which is your favorite name, Ian Machado or maybe Ian? You know, I forgot to say, speaking of Brazilian blowouts, I was like, I forgot Ian Machado Gary. But since he's not, you know, I'm, here, I'm not here to be Irish, I'm here to be Brazilian. Uh, maybe that's why he didn't get the quite the finish there. All right, let's get on to the fucking breakdown, shall we? All right, 32-13. Let's go. UFC Singapore, UFC Fight Night 225, UFC Fight Night Holloway versus Korean Zombie, UFC Fight Night Holloway versus Jung. Max Holloway, minus 950, uh, Chan Sung Jung, plus 590, depending. You know, it's all over the odds for Max, but it's all 700 and above, so you're... Unless you want to parlay him. Um, I'd say bet Max by decision because I went rounds 3, 4, and 5. That's right. Uh, I think I got... What did I get? It's on my uh, thing. I think I, I'll pull it up. But yeah, I know. Wow, Dan, you really know foreplay. All right, you just really just jump right in. I don't fuck, I'm trying to. Um, why? Or, you know, does it really matter? You guys just got to fade it, right? Uh, and I'm not blaming you for that, by the way. I'm just saying, like, you know. What's the point, man? Uh, let's get the lines here. Yeah, which more bets, you motherfucker? Uh, plus 700 round 3.33. Uh, plus 800 round 4. Uh, plus 1,000 round 5. Uh, I did little Scotty Pippen's point three three use on all those. That's just under a unit exposure. So if he gets done in round 3, that's essentially uh, just over a unit and 3 quarters profit. Minus the you know other 2.33s. We get to round 2. I think it's uh, just over 2 units profit. Once you minus out the spending for the others. And then if we get to round five, I think it's like two units and 70.75 or something and some change. Once you minus out the uh, other rounds. So you don't stand and make too much, but as long as Mac gets a finish in those max heavy rounds, I think we should be good. But yeah, man, is this, you know, you know, uh, does his chin finally crack? Because if it does, um, the shots that Jung can and will be landing early will be potent from the flying knees to the cross uh, hook counters, you know. It could look like that uh, Max versus Jose round one. As far as the shots that uh, Jose Aldo hit Max with in their first uh, fight at back at UFC 211. Um, and as Max gets older, he's going to have more trouble taking those shots, but I'm not banking on it. He hasn't exactly shown those signs. Uh, he's looking older just because he's getting older. It's just human nature, right, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as... His abilities and stuff, uh, you know, he's still still able to go five rounds at decent paces, uh, survive uh, fifth round blitzes, 
uh, and still have his have his moments. Um, he finally brought back the southpaw, which is like something I've given up saying because I'd be like, look for Max, maybe bring back his southpaw. Whoa, 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 there, and it never happens. Um, and then of course he finally does it to Mayor Allen. Uh, but he also, as you saw with the southpaw of Allen, he also still doesn't mind the open stance. And um, just, I feel like Max has just been trying to do more. And for a guy that already has ridiculous volume, doing more means more clinch fighting, more takedowns, right? We saw in the Yair Rodriguez fight. Uh, more kicking, more countering, uh, and even outfighting. Not necessarily just, you know, pressuring or sticking and moving, um, you know, or uh, sticking and circling. Um, he's actually, you know, can he's can, can do that out bit of outfighting countering from Southpaw. Uh, a lot again, like I said, a lot more kicks and stuff. Um, even though he's always had like his spin kicks to the liver and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I think that uh, he could bring those back, especially if you look at you know Korean Zombie. He, he had trouble with Ortega from the Southpaw stance, where Ortega was doing a lot of Southpaw imitations, right? Uh, and I'm not being reductive or diminishing or disrespectful to Ortega in that. I'm just saying it's not as well of a fluid, dynamic, diverse, or fleshed out game that Holloway can have in and out of that stance fluidly, right? So don't be surprised to see that. I don't think we'll see as much, you know, it could look more like the Allen fight because, uh, I, you know, if, especially if Zombie, you know, tries to fight more measured like he has been to as well, which is another factor here. But at the same time, I just feel like their styles can't help but bring about the best in each other, so to speak. You know, Max is going to want to make Zombie answer. Zombie is still going to be able to connect with Holloway here and there, especially early. And that's going to want to make Max come back and uh, kind of uh, enforce and give more building materials to his building ways. So I just think rounds three, four, and five are, are going to be hot rounds. I think Max is going to want to make a statement. Um, you know, uh, not playing too much with the trash talk or the emotion. But yeah, you know, maybe those could play into those things too. Uh, and uh, I don't think we just see him shoot as much, though, because, again, even though Max, um, I'm seeing some cheeky shots by submission, which I don't hate because you're just getting that number. It kind of just draws you to it, right? You know? Uh, I, I, I'm rooting for you as long as it, that submission happens in rounds three, four, and five. But um, Zombie's just a really good grappler and always been underrated in that aspect, scrambler, plus the improvements in his wrestling that he's shown to make improvements later in his career. With that, I know he didn't do this camp at fight ready per se, I don't believe so. Ghost, feel free to correct me, but it looks like he stayed in Korea and has been there for a while. It's been a minute since he's been down to train stateside. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, so I don't know how much grappling there is, both with the risk as well as with uh, Zombie's uh, defenses and not just his counters, but his just general defense. So I think we get a striking match here, but uh, my only bets are Max to do it in rounds three, four, and five. What's up, my man? Liam picks fights in the house. What's up, brother? About to smoke a number for the culture. Glad to catch you live, man. All right, man. Light one up for me. Um, I I dropped by your show live the other day, Confession. Here's how here's how fucked up in the head I am. I gave it a like out of respect because I just always just try to like my friend's videos and this and that. And I don't know. I don't, just, if I'm going to hit something, I'm going to hit the like on a video. So shout out to my guy, Liam picks fights. But uh, I was going to say something, but I'm just like, I have such bad juju. I do not need to just come in with my fucking loser-ass energy into people's shows while they're having a good time. So I elected not to say hi, Liam. It wasn't personal. It's me. It's not you, buddy. But uh, of course, you know you know, I'm going to show you love on my show and still find a way to show you love on your show by smashing that like button. Speaking of which, make sure you hit that like button. I don't deserve it. You know, 
That's what people say. Uh, next fight, co-main event. Don't know why this is the co-main event when you have at least two fights that could uh, take that spot. Uh, no offense to Anthony Smith, who's plus 108, minus 132 for Ryan Superman Span. Um, this is a line where I'm not surprised to see Ryan Span the favorite because I came in thinking he's going to win by first round, and I still think that's the best way to play him. That's the best angle if you're a Span supporter, which, by the way, I'm on the Smith side, so hammer that round one plus 175 for Ryan Span. The thing is, is that <clears throat> when I went back to look at it, it's like, Again, this is another thing where if you cash here, um, I will definitely own being dumb because I just do that, whether it's justified or not. But be wary of the people acting like they're effing geniuses because you are playing, and I, I love, you know, Fortis MMA, I love Coach Dave Sayud, all respect. Hate picking against them. Even hate more betting against them, which I am stupid in doing against now. That being said, if I try to divorce all my past feelings, good or bad, and just try to look at the way they match up, even without the fact that they fought already and we saw that result and it was only two years ago and if you actually put the stylistic puzzle pieces together that actually is not a crazy outcome despite that and any time they tie up likely to be a crazy fight not a crazy outcome though hmm. um <clears throat> even if you divorce that though you just look at the way again they they stack up i have a hard time justifying span as a favorite both in this matchup, because again, let's just try to forget that we have seen the matchup already. But uh, <clears throat> counter left hooks um, is what Ryan Span eats the most, right? Uh, not, not, not just in the Smith fight, but I believe we saw it in the Walker fight. That's what kind of gets him to shoot, and then he gets elbowed. Um, we've seen it in other fights as well, the left hand being, being the more kind of prevalent one. Um... Alvi even hit him a couple times from South Paul, right? I got him to think th think twice. And then on the on the inverse side, you know, and everybody knows it now, but I remember uh, a coach hit me up asking for a scouting, just a kind of a general scouting, nothing too in-depth, but about Anthony Smith. He uh, had some questions about him. Um, and one of the things that I kind of faxed over was just like, just pretty much just the lake kicks. I don't, don't know why, just for the life of him, can't get around to doing it, to checking it, and he knows how to. He comes from a great camp, Factory X. Big fan of that camp. Big fan of the coach, uh, Mark Montoya. Love that dude, right? And the corners there. It's just one of those things, right? It's just, it's just one of those things. Part of it could be, and which was this coach brought up smartly, was that you know, again, Anthony, especially in this latter part of his career, in attempt to get more process, you see him a little more jab heavy, right? Maybe not. Uh, quite all the outlier like when he had James Krause in his corner for the Glover fight but in general from the left hook that I cited previously to the jabs he's been a, a bit better right about setting those things up and because of that you put some weight on your league leg so I went over to Ryan Span. I'm like how much does he actually kick the legs and again stats don't tell you everything and they're often wrong and they don't tell the story of the fight and I, I go off on those things but and again, he could buck Trent here, which would be, again, perfect because perfect Dan Tom thing. Just a complete buck of Trent, right? Totally. Um, you know, uh, but uh, it's like, I think you got to create ways. It's okay, Dan. All that means is that the MMA gods, you're so good that the MMA gods have to create ways for you to lose. Like, no, no, no. That's not what it is. Would not be surprised for him to just do like, but yes, according to the stats, uh, between two fights, 
he threw one leg kick, landed one, went one for one in one fight, went 0 for one in the other, and these were like earlier fights in his UFC career. Um, so I don't know how much, you know, he just throw a nice front tee and throw some nice power kicks from the rear. But I don't know how much we're going to see him take advantage of Anthony Smith's uh, leg kick defense here, in other words. And when it comes to grappling, it's not that he doesn't have a shot. It's that he either shoots to his own detriment where he gets in on the hips and then will still lose by getting elbow TKO'd, like with the Johnny Walker fight. Or, win or lose, like in the Nikita Krylov fight, even more relevantly and more recently, right? Two even fights that he's won, like the Iwan Kutalaba fight, he's doing the same thing in both those fights, different results, right? Both round one, mind you. He runs in hot and either gets taken down or he gets taken out, right? And in the fight, he's taken down, he still wins... But he gets taken down not once, but twice and has to recover. Um, and then, you know, thankfully he's got a really good guillotine long arms, which if you're trying to take cheeky span shots, I don't hate that either because Smith has shown to be more hurtable. Maybe he shoots in, right? He, he shoots. He kind of is a little more desperate to shoot here. Um, as we saw in that Johnny Walker fight, which I went back to watch. And I think just, again, between already knowing you're going to lose a bet, it's already a volatile fight, and then you've got my luck, because even back when this fight happened, I was already just on a fucking slog, right? Just expecting to lose every fucking fight. And I'm sure I was on just another terrible run that night. So, I think I was just in dread, because even though it was an ugly fight, and there's still very frustrating moments if you're an Anthony Smith fan, right? Or betting on him, or whatever the case is. Like, that all's still there. I'm not trying to, like, polish up like a turd or anything, like, in that, so to speak. But... Anthony Smith was a lot more competitive than I remembered. And I'm just speaking for myself here because, again, I was viewing it through um, disaster glasses, right? Like, ah, right? Um, disaster mode. And, you know, you look at it, you're like, okay, he's sloppy and he gets countered, but he does get the takedown. And I don't know why he's looking at his corner instead of throwing elbows and trying to soften him up at the end of the round there, which is really frustrating. But you're like, he's getting to these positions. And I'm not trying to say, oh, me and Nielsen was right. But no, he was getting and trying to get to the positions where he had advantages of it. And he just didn't do what he was supposed to do. And also, rewatching it, um, it wasn't even so much that, again, Smith looked more impressive than I remembered, but also this probably plays into my recollection and feeling rewatching it is that kind of like with the Ian Gary and Magni, perhaps not as obvious, right? But it was, again, it was just like, what are you doing? You've got a hurt man out of here. Even the commentary is like, Smith looks like he could be out of here at a certain point, and then Johnny Walker like lands like a big flying knee and Smith staggered, and Johnny Walker's still kind of just like, hmm? Because he's still trying to fight out of that kind of Kavanaugh find his style my too conservative my too wild right and um and yeah it was like kind of a disappointing performance more for Johnny Walker actually when you really go back and rewatch it um and that's not that's not to say it was impressive for Smith that's not to say Smith is in a great place because he doesn't seem to be there right um but does he have does he have another one in him you know is is he is he really that old at this point you know is is he have that much miles on him he does actually have a lot of miles on him he might not be that old or fighting for as long okay maybe he's like 13 14 years in his career mid 30s but it's light heavyweight right like there's still a couple a couple wins left but then you look he's almost 50 fights right it's just like oof like don't get me wrong you probably shouldn't be betting this fight but i'm not going to lie between me writing up the co-main events for the action network and me, to a fault, being honest and putting my money where my mouth is, um, I, I was initially just going to bet Smith by sub. But um, the way I was like writing it, and I was already kind of getting long-winded, and I'm like, you know what? It sounds like I'm saying 
uh, I'm picking the money line as well as the sub. I'm like, fuck it, let's just play both. Um, so I did, and oh, Dan, what are you, are you asking for? Look at you, you're, that's not responsible. Oh, you're playing, look at you, you're not going to learn. You're you're playing into another aged veteran. Well, I'm picking another against another aged veteran coming up, so, so relax on that point, folks, and keep the same energy there. But yeah, yeah, no, totally. But again, you know, people doing 10-unit plays on, like, WMMA undercards with girls with, like, 1.5 UFC fights between them, you know? <laughs> Uh, and they're cashing and then looking like geniuses and fucking asking and getting all their flowers. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, am I really going to go against principle of, not the principle of open as a favorite, now they're a dog, you don't need to justify shit to anybody, which is something that I say. But as far as Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald 2, Pantoja versus Brandon Moreno, these constant disrespecting of the older fighters in matchups where the style and completely ignoring the stylistic dynamics of matchups even when they haven't fought that long ago and we're going to flip the entire betting value number A you've got that justification and B not to shit on span or anything but again with those decision makings how do you justify him as a favorite how do you justify betting him as a favorite and how do you justify either of those two things in this matchup that he that he just lost not too long ago Right, and you know whether it's shooting, and whether it's front headlocks, elbows, getting the back taken, right, which we've seen in multiple fights, including this fight that he already had with Anthony Smith, or the frantic shoots where he does complete the shot against Nikita Krylov, right? He either comes in and gets taken down by Nikita, or he does get the shot back, right? He overshoots and he's into a triangle, like the exact Devin Clark Anthony Smith finish, like. It, literally the, the finishes that Smith specializes in and show that he can still hit this later in his career and trending submissions in general light heavyweight sticking around much better in general even in this latter crappy part of his career when his legs not working in the rackage fight still being a stick around to the end or to this even to the second round against Ankalaev sticking around to how many rounds with broken teeth against Glover going five with John Jones these were not great performances, a lot of those with for Anthony Smith, and he still stuck around. And sometimes that's all you have to do with certain guys. You give them enough rope, they'll hang themselves. There's that saying in life, right? Well, maybe there's a little bit of a analogy there. So I'm going to go with Smith, Smith by sub. Uh, I put a, a half unit, uh, it's 1.5 unit total exposure. Definitely not going over that. But half unit on Smith by sub may have that in a round robin. And just put my money where my mouth was. The money line was staying the same. I just... I threw a unit on there anyways. Again, it's volatile shit. Maybe we just get, you know, we go to the MMA thing where uh, rematches never play out the same way, which means spam by round one like I told you to play out the beginning of this because fade me A, B, that is his best betting side. But what if it's a weird fight that goes the distance, you know? And in that kind of fight, again, I don't see how you could favor Span there despite him being favored or you perhaps picking him and playing him. Show me the work to show why that's justified for the round one dynamo. I'll take the more proven product at plus money any day. Call me falling into a trap, but that's it. Um, bada bing. I uh, got my man Fenyo in the house. The UFC running it back, hoping the younger and bigger athlete gets it this time. LOL. Yeah, like making it three rounds is going to be any different. You know, that definitely helped Rose over Andrade, even though there's still argument there. But that's totally great reference there, Fenyo. A lot of weird rematches in the books. Waterson versus Marina, too. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's been weird, like rematch central for the last two years now. I hate writing rematches. And I wonder if that's a product, again, of the lazy matchmaking. They just don't give a fuck. Just fucking make them fight again. 
You know, make them take out each other, especially because rematches mean that you uh, guarantee that you are uh, taking out a, a bigger number contract, right? Instead of relying on the 10 and 10 guy to do it and bumping him up with steam, because that's hit and miss, right, folks? We see that, right? With the Nick Maximoffs of the Worlds and the whatever, like, that could be real hit and miss. But uh, you match these people uh, up together, you're guaranteeing one of them's knocking each other off. So again, that's where the UFC is going. It's not, it's if you know, you know, instead of what I miss, by the way, I miss this version of Dana White, by the way, we make the fan the fight the fans want to see. Well, I slapped my wife. Just kidding. He didn't say that last part. But you know what I mean. Like we don't. There is no none of that anymore. They, they you know they don't give a shit about you guys. I know you guys keep keep uh, caping for them, but they they don't give a shit. No. Um, Liam fight picks. I, I like his opinion, so I'm gonna interrupt here for him. He's uh in my opinion Smith has a really good good uh, gilly defense based on the last band fight. Two on one wrist control. Absolutely. Uh, I think. I think span KO round one slash pit decision is his best path. Oh, wow. Took the words right out of my mouth. I completely agree with you, Liam. Well, Liam adds, the last two finishes for Smith were a rear naked choke in the triangle. The last two sub losses for Smith were, yep, again, yep. They line up RNC versus Smith in a triangle. Great point. Yep, yes, sir. It just matches up. Does that mean he's going to win? Of course not. But again, I can't go against these things. I know my luck is bad, and I know this is like a classic Dan Tom fucking honey trap, right? But again, am I supposed to just go, but no, vibes doesn't matter. And then I win that. And then what am I supposed to act like a fucking genius? Like, <laughs> like any asshole can be vibes and then still pick chalk. Like who, how is that winning? How is that attractive? How is that fucking cool? I'm sorry. I'm going to go with what I do and I'm going to show my work, win or lose. Um, not hitting on anybody that's playing span, not hitting on span. I'm just saying like the, the process, you know. Speaking of his process and not, um, we got Alex Casera as plus 195. I haven't done my thing. Gigachikadze, sorry. Uh, plus two, or minus 238. Uh, Gigabird. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get the Gigabird. That, that, that bird. He was that, was that bird, that blue bird with the beak and the feathers. I posted him before, but he always reminds me of Gigachikadze, the Gigabird. Um, Chasta Chikadze, obviously, I always love the, the, the foundation that he did in honor of his mother. Um, with the knockout cancer, that's always much respect in the books. I know I haven't been a fan of his style, and I bet against him in the past, but I'm actually going to be on him here, believe it or not. So for you guys saying, oh, he doesn't pick the hype opportunist. He likes the southpaw counterfighter, the underdog, the value, the underrated, the woo-woo, right? No, no. I mean, granted, those of you who know me know I'm also not, I don't typically pick or back Caceres that much. In fact, I probably had bad luck betting his fights. Boy, did I feel like it last time. Again, another co-main event. Speaking of which, came off a co-main event where I was on the under, right? How did I not get that finish? And, like, it was just a classic thing where, like, I laid out how each guys can rock each other. And they did. They both got to do their thing and nearly finish each other and still didn't get the finish. And I lose that fight. I lose the night. And I look like an asshole. Classic. Classic Dan Tom. Very classic Dan Tom. Like, just... Just, just give me the boring matchup that this could be, you know? Like, why why stick the knife in, you know? Uh, but that's just how it goes. That is just how it be sometimes. Um, this fight, because it's two guys who like to counter, you could say we could get a boring fight. Maybe that's why I was surprised that the overs were loaded. Uh, for me, I'm just looking at unders and inside the distance, right? Like, that just feels off. But I get it, because 
Uh, Giga Chikaze had a decent run of decisions, right, before his, well, his last fight was a decision loss, but, you know, he had those round one finishes, which is what he's accustomed to. You look at kickboxing, it's either close, narrow fights, he gets it done early, or it's close, narrow fights where he's winning and coasting and hoping to win off of his damage, the more damaging moments, especially earlier on in the fights, and the rounds, right? So this is a classic where maybe you look to bet Caceres round three for sure. Maybe round two. Round two is a weird one because I could see either guy getting a finish in round two. Uh, perhaps I would go maybe like 60 slash 65, 35, 60, 40. More Caceres um, having, a, having an opportunity to get a finish in that round, right? But Giga round one is what I'm looking at. I'm actually going to pick him. Uh, pick him inside the distance. Um, basically, you know, I picked Sung Woo Choi, who we'll get to. And, you know... He obviously was uh, overlooked, overvalued, and on a downward trend, whereas when he met Caceres, Caceres was underlooked, undervalued, and on a upward trend, right? So there is that benefit of hindsight. But the uh, analysis, or whatever, was a second round KO uh, because uh, I wasn't sure if he was going to get it done in the first round. I think I had choice in some other things, but second round was a cheeky play, I believe, I wanted to say. And he rocks him in that round, but then comes back, or maybe he rocks him in the first round, I forget. I, I know I had Choi KO in a round robin, but I wanted to say I was on a round as well, whether it was uh, a prop sprinkle or for the official pick. And it was just, remember it being one of those annoying ones, because he had Caceres, but then fouled him, right, or something like that, and he actually had Caceres rocked, and I remember doing the work on that one where it doesn't really show up under knockdowns or results, but Caceres has been rocked a lot. Um, even since moving up from Bantamweight, where he was having real trouble from that, right? Where even in fights where he wasn't knocked out, like the Rolando D fight, he was like, you're lying, you're a liar. Like he was not remembering what round he was even back then. Both guys have more experience, on-paper experience, which is tricky given their age. They're both roughly around the same age in that mid-30s mark, right? Not too old, I believe, younger to mid-30s. But Alex Caceres, you've got traditional martial arts in street fighting, whereas Giga Chikaze, you've got traditional martial arts in kickboxing, right? Uh, a lot of that accrued mileage there that you also have to account for. Um, Giga cuts a decent amount of weight, even though he's the more athletic fighter. He's also the one maybe sacrificing a little more to get there. Um, hence his kind of fading in later rounds that I've alluded to in this and previous podcasts and breakdowns before. Um, so that's kind of your general dynamic. And it's kind of ironic because both fighters, the best way to fight them is to pressure them. But both fighters have a knack of kind of sticking and moving, countering, or playing on the outskirts. Giga and obviously Alex Saris does, right? So it's really weird. Uh, who's going to be the more guy that's more aggressive in the pressure? For me, that's not so weird. I, I do think that is still Giga. Um, again, he comes from a, a very pressure-centric and aggressive camp. Uh, Rafael Cordero, Kings MMA, who he's still working with leading up to this fight. Um, and even though the Southpaw, quote, uh, may close off the quote-unquote giga kick. Uh, if you look at him against uh, fighters like Erwin uh, Rivera, uh, he uh, will go to the leg there, calf, and then, again, he still prefers that open stance look, and he's got good counter crosses, an improved jab from orthodox, and, of course, will blast like front teeps to power kicks from the rear, and I think those body kicks are going to do him really well. Um, you know, I think he he kicks uh, as hard as a, as a Yair Rodriguez, maybe not as dynamic, right? You won't be as many up-high knockouts, maybe, or as flashy up-high knockouts, I should say, as a Yari Rodriguez. But when it comes to just kicking power, especially to that body, uh, legs, um, Giga is just rock rock solid everywhere on that. Um, it's not just flamboyancy. He's got some, he's got some real uh, 
uh, real umph to it, even if I'm not like the biggest fan of his style and processes, right? So uh, I'm actually going to take a flyer. I know Alex hasn't been finishing round one since uh, he, again, back at Bantamweight uh, to Francisco Rivera. But uh, again, I think we got a, a, a different, completely different style, but we got another hitter here. Um, and it's weird because they are, uh, again, Giga's, you know, is not far is not is not much younger than Alex they're like within like a year of each other I believe and you know uh <clears throat> it's kind of weird because we haven't seen him in a minute he's been training for a lot of different fights he's had like you know topology list one but he's had like four or five opponents shout out to Aaron Bronson in his interview on the TSN MMA show um <clears throat> but if you look at and it made bets on who is the fighter that is, is the fighter they're going to be at this point, and really has been. That's Alex Caceres, right? And by default, who's the more likely to improve fight to fight? That's still Giga. You know, he's still much younger in his MMA years, and he's had all that time off in multiple camps. So what kind of, you know, what what kind of stuff has he, you know, has he improved on? I didn't get to see how he looked at the scale, but he did make weight, apparently, right? So um, that was kind of a worry there. But again, I'm not expecting him to take over against Alex Caceres in round three. Could he win a decision? I mean, this is favored to go the distance for a reason. But I feel like the it's overly favored there, and I feel like you are more than justified to take any sort of angle, whether it's playing an under and Caceres round three. So you've got your hedge for an early giga finish, and then you've got Caceres round three to catch in case it goes past the under mark, right? Um, or you go, you know, Caceres round two, round three if you're feeling cheeky. Uh, Giga by decision, I believe, is plus money. Uh, so is Caceres by decision, I believe. If you really think it's going to go to the decision, maybe. Uh, I think you can get, you know, maybe some plus numbers there. But you're giving me, um, uh, you know, five to one odds upwards of, depending on where you look, for Giga round one. Uh, over two to one for inside the distance. That's probably where my money's going. Um, depending on what I round Robin, I'll probably round Robin something there. And, and you know, um... I might use that for my prop squad. If uh, I still got to look at uh, Parker Porter, uh, if I ended up liking him or not, spoiler alert. Uh, but if I like him by sub, that'll be it. If not, it'll probably be Giga round one for my uh, prop squad, which I'm going to write all that stuff, probably do an all-nighter right after this show wraps. All right, uh, hour in. Let's let, let's get through the rest of these uh, faster. Uh, this one should be fast because I didn't do tape on it. Uh, Rinya Nakamura, minus 850. Fernie Garcia, plus 575. Um... I remember being impressed from the what I saw from Rinya Nakamura. I've seen him in scouting stuff before, and then he had the road uh, UFC appearance. Um, I haven't rewatched it, I'll be honest, but from what I remember, I liked it. Just it just struck me as a bit raw. So seeing that kind of a number is a bit surprising. But from what I remember about Fernie Garcia, I'm not surprised that Nakamura is the favorite. Um, check out my quick picks and prognostications. I don't think I'll be picking a dog here but maybe you know to see what i come up with i have a little more words to give you there excuse me my nose is uh nope 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 the spirit of conor mcgregor did not it came and went uh no just kidding <laughs> thought i was gonna have to sneeze there um all right next fight we got aaron ice cold blanchfield i'm not sure why this is in the co-main event uh, minus 150 uh, Tyler Santos plus 122. I always think of a Tyl Talia Shire. You can't win, Rock. We need money. I was like, ugh. That's what you really care about, Adrian. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Come on. I think she was Adrian was just a little mad after my sexual escapade with Mickey. 
what version of Rocky did you watch, Dan? Listen, Stallone, Stallone was in some films, all right? There, there's a cut out there floating around. All right, back to this fight. Jesus Christ, Dan. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, Santos back in Singapore. And, man, I mean, she's got, like, a Malhadinho-looking jailman boyfriend, and she's just looks jacked. Like, is she going to start having tough weight cuts getting to this uh, weight as well? How old is Tyler Santos? That could be something to watch out for, um, which could be a reason why she doesn't, you know, isn't too heavy on the output. I mean, even in her three-round fights, you can make excuses maybe for the counterfighting of Shevchenko, first five-round affair, serious. But, like, her pace is ultimately what separates these two for me. Um, it looks like she's got, like, de decent first-layer defense, and she can scramble when forced to, but it's not like um, she's more technical or more aware than Blanchfield, and even if her athleticism and awareness allows her to escape a submission scare or maybe even end up on top for a position, uh, I feel like Blanchfield's uh, scrambling ability and pace will be just too much. I don't see Blanchfield giving up a sub unless she gets hurt. And the shots she took on, on Andrade, and I know Andrade's on a downtrend, so now in hindsight it's easy to dismiss, be more dismissive of that. But Andrade still hits effing hard uh, at flyweight as well. And uh, she took a lot of those shots really well, Blanchfield did. Um, both physically, you know, mentally she didn't seem to look focused. Her body seemed to hold up. Her spirit, her fighting spirit didn't seem to be de uh, diminished. Those are two different things, right? And they, they both held up very well. Um, so I actually really like Blanchfield. She's been much more active. Um, yeah, I always talk about the classic letdown spot. Like, and I'll, I'll usually mention, like, Hardy St. Pierre, and he gets knocked out, Everybody, even though it was a dominant loss. There's like there's still like a rub after you just fought for the title, right? And whether that is installed or reflected in the line, it is at the very least a bit reflected in the narrative, the perceptions, public perceptions, media pundits, narratives, that kind of thing. Especially when the challenger has a damn good argument for, for possibly a beaten the now former champ, Valentina Shevchenko. Hearts out to my guys like Liam and everybody else who were brave enough to take that shot on Santos. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into scoring minutiae and cry about spilt milk per se here. Uh, I don't know how relevant it is to this breakdown, but I'm just giving props to people and, and props to, you know, um, Santos even in that regard. Right. But, uh, but again, it's, 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 it's just the, it's just the pacing when I look at it, um, the activity, you know, and, and, you know, maybe she's, uh, up on herself thinking that she's the, you know, the champ, you know, you listen to her talk in the interviews. I know you gotta take those with a grain of salt. Take a shot, dance. I take a grain of salt for the interviews. Um, but uh, yeah, like she's like questioning Aaron Blanchfield's resume. Like, what? Have you seen your resume? Like, I don't know if you really, you know, like not that Aaron Blanchfield has like the best resume in the world or anything, but like it holds up just fine to yours, in my opinion. Slightly different, of course, but it, you know, again, if you look at that Tracy Cortez fight, there's a good argument she won that fight. Um, I didn't rewatch it for this time around, but I rewatched it pretty much every time I've done. Blanchfield tape, um, and uh, and I do wonder that maybe the this fight is another fight that, in a different way, tell me if this makes sense. I'm not surprised that Blanchfield's favored, obviously. Um, and I don't disagree with the line. I think the line is actually spot on for the most part. Excuse me. But I am somewhat surprised that it's not. Um, I, I am su not surprised that it's not I should say I'm surprised that it's close because I feel like uh, it was going to be 
overly wrong one way or the other. You know, it was going to be too far favorite for Blanchfield or like completely the other way, right? Or maybe and then the narrows to pick more toward Pickham, right? But uh, this is actually kind of where I see the fight, to be honest. Um, and uh, minus 145 is not minus 142, but it is under minus 150, which is my playable chalk. So I actually took Blanchfield out here. You know, the travel is also somewhat of a worry. Like, Santos has more experience out there. But Blanchfield went out there early. She went out to Evolve MMA, you know, where, like, uh, guys like Dos Santos, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, I should say, went out to train before, uh, as he used to say, Singapore, Singapore. <laughs> You're going to go, wah. It's, sorry, this is how Tosanios talks, and I love it. But uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I train out in Singapore. And it's like a lightweight title run. That's where he was training. Um, so it's cool to see her get out there. Sorry to hurt your ears with that stupid nonsense. How, by the way, how is that, how is that, that mental from Boston Mass? Yo, 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 this is mental from Boston Mass. Sorry, I, I get so excited over that. I wanted to do like a whole, even though like I ate shit, so who cares. But I wanted to do just a whole thread of my, my favorite Boston hardcore albums. And I was going to torture my timeline. And didn't have time because I don't even have time to do like Southpaw reports these days. Um, although there's only like really one fight justified doing it, I guess. But then it would just be me breaking down what I already talked about. Erwin Rivera, Jigichikadze versus uh, Avachi McCallit. Oh, well, there is also Chidi versus Oleg Sajuk, which we'll get to in a second as well. Um... So apologies for the vacancies there. Let's just, just be happy I'm here with you. But yeah, I ended up doing the 1.5 units for one unit return. And I actually sprinkled because they put plus 1,500 for round three. And again, this is something where <clears throat> I don't blame people for like wanting to get cheeky even. And maybe like playing um, like unders or stuff like that. Because I believe this is more favored. This fight is more favored to go the distance here. <clears throat> But uh, again, something that's not, I talked about this before and why I picked, uh, or I talked about this before, uh, I, I, not why I picked her, because I didn't pick her, but um, as far as finishes for Blanchfield, I remember making that case because, uh, let me see, under, yeah, everyone thinks this is going over, it's going to decision. Um, I don't know, I just took a, a small sprinkle of Blanchfield round three, because even though I do think she's the more skilled grappler and could submit um, Santos, I think she's going to have to hit her with a bunch of strikes, wear her out, which I think that pace will bring about the best Santos. But if that best Santos can't compete, stop, and, and obviously stop Blanchfield in some sort of way, standing her on the floor, then I feel like it's just going to be diminishing returns that Blanchfield by rounds two and three is just going to be pulling away. And it's another one of those deceiving things where if you look at those Blanchfield fights where she goes to decision, even going all the way back to her Invicta fights, I remember doing the tape for this. There are near and, and like, oh, how did she not finish Sarah Alpar? Like, she arguably did and should have finished Sarah Alpar at the very end of the round. It was just one of those things where she didn't get to the finishing position and the person was able to survive. There were arguments to stop it both by strikes. And then she, so she ends up closing it with this, trying to close it with a submission. And like, it's at the very end of the round. Like, she is literally finishing at the end of round three or at the end of both rounds two and three in literally at least three or four of those decisions that span from her last Invicta FC win, which was by decision, to her first three slash, I guess, last three, however you want to look at it, UFC decision wins. So they're by decision, in other words. But my God, it is, it is not for her lack of trying, and there are very, very near spots. So, um, yeah, give me, give me just a small .17, .17 U, round three, Aaron Blanchfield, plus 1,500. Uh, that'll get us an extra two and a half units 
over two and a half units if that cashes. Otherwise, we're just looking for a, pretty much a clean unit uh, hit, maybe giving back a little if she doesn't give round three, but pretty much a clean unit return for Blanchfield. I just feel like it's the better fighter, and it's one of the few playable chalk prices on this card. I'm in. Just, Junior Toff, Justin Taffa was not Junior Taffa. Um, I, I was getting all confused. It was Junior Taffa, not Justin Taffa, and, and, and Best Fight Odds has it wrong, which wouldn't surprise me. Either way, one of the Taffa brothers, minus 142. Parker Porter, plus 120. Um, you know that uh, I want to pick the more uh, portly guy, the underrated guy, the dog, the more well-rounded skill guy, the guy with the more of a sample size, the be in the spot where it's like, I'm on ground games, wrestling in MMA, you got to have it, baby. We get hyped up with the strikes in the first round finisher, but we got to know. Uh, obviously, there's not a, I think we get a decent like third round, three-round sample size on Tafa's last fight. I still got to go back and watch that, folks. Um, I know he got iced by the other Taffa, which I probably did take Porter um, by sub and failed there. So maybe I hit it this time or I just walk into the same trap twice. We'll see where I end up. I'm not going to commit here because I haven't gotten to it. wouldn't be fair to me or you. So check me on the quick picks and prognostications. We'll go fast for the rest. Waldo Cortez, of course, to minus 225. Uh, Ruk Rukis. Rukis. They have it as Rukis. Like, it's kind of like MMA linker days. Ryoto Machida. Who remembers Ryoto Machida, baby? We've got Rukis Bresky versus Waldo Cortez. It's Lucas Bresky versus Waldo Cortez Acosta. Uh, I'll probably go with Cortez Acosta for a terrible heavyweight fight. So surprised this didn't end up on the main card. Uh, although, of course, they're opening it with Parker Porter, uh, who I love. But come on now. Um, yeah, let's let's just it's just like that Yonder Davashvili fight. It's just like you have an amazing card full of fucking flyweights and bantamweights throughout, headlined by an awesome bantamweight fight, and it's literally all awesome fights minus two fights, a heavyweight and a light heavyweight fight. And what do they do? They put it in the most crucial spots. Uh, maybe not the most crucial spot since Marab and neither is this fight a pay-per-view. But again, your lead-in, your headliner prelim to the tone-setting main card opener, lightweight and featherweight, McMahon Judge, you fucks! Sorry. Arr! Get it through your head. Even the fucking as shitty as Joe Silva was, he fucking nailed that. Did he not? Did he fucking not? No. No. Heavyweight slogs. Why not? Fucking idiots. Sorry. Well, I'll never get a job with the UFC. This kind of shit, Dan. Not that I want one, but you know what I'm saying. You just limit my employment. I talk shit about the obvious. Uh, Tashiomi Kazama, uh, plus 138. Garrett Armfield, minus 175. No clue on this one. We'll see where I'm at on my picks that I post at Dan Tom MMA on Fight Day. Uh, Cheating Ninja Kwani versus Mikhail Oleksajuk. Like This would be a classic like, main card opener for them. Where, like, they still shit on the Joe Silva thing and, like, stuff that I like or hardcores like or, God forbid, pacing for the love of pacing and the name of pacing would, like, they would usually, like, you know, give us a middleweight fight that actually still has a chance of being good so they could be like, huh, what are you talking about, Dan? Uh, that would have been this fight, but no, they, they even buried this one. Chidi Ninja Kawani, minus 107. Mikhail Oleksajuk, minus 115. Um, especially with what I'm looking to expose myself, slash I already have exposed myself, especially in that coming event. I don't know if I need to be, you know, picking a side and riding on a pick'em with neither at plus money. But I did like Oleg Sejuk, and I am only liking him more if you're going to give that discounted line. If he goes all the way to plus money, I may take a shot on principle, just because, again, that's me picking more out of pace. And I'm a fan of Chidi Ninja Kwani. He has the counters that could hit Oleg Sejuk. 
I'm sure I gotta get into the nitty gritty to see if those puzzle pieces line up. But even when they do, it's still not a guarantee, you know. You know, uh, he's just one of those guys where it's just like this kind of a, a a similar theme matchup as far as like pressure, pace, barrio. Okay, I'm gonna pick those guys more often than not. And then what does he do? He gets a first round KO, ices him right off the bat. Then what do I do? I pick him to get a first round KO against Hobo Cop, and he almost does, splits his head open, and then. Hobo Cop, who usually gets upset by that kind of stuff, if anything, he doesn't come back. He usually gives the comebacks, unless it's like turtle where it's just back and forth. Uh, of course, he comes back to win that fight, right? So, you know, maybe maybe he's a little bit of uh, PTSD from that, you know? Uh, the Durayev was a weird fight. I actually believe I thought he won. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's what I said the last time out here, at least when Durayev's last fight. Going to rewatch that, but again... Pressuring guys even when they don't have a gas tank much less when they do although how consistent is it? It's been you know, there's weird caveats light heavyweights and positive tests for Lord Oleksajek But let's see uh, the the southpaw record here now It's weird because you've got losses to Salter who's a UFC level southpaw who I've been in the UFC in a minute He's mainly a grappler and of course it was a grappling based loss, but let's let's cruise down here Yet we don't have any in his UFC run see you to Carvalho who I think Carvalho actually fight switch stance and fought mainly orthodox there but he is you know uh, a southpaw can be listed as a southpaw he, he lost to him um and again uh, you know carvalho is not even a grappler salter is of course that was a grappling loss uh, not that alexajic is but you know from body punching to cage pressure he will be kind of fighting off that grappler meta almost in the early stages um to wear it down um I'm looking for Southpaws, both UFC level and not, that I can recognize. And he's got a definitely a deep record. Um, I know he beat Joban back in the day, right? Or did Joban beat him? Yep, he beat Joban, kicked to the body. Um, and that was all the way back in, like, what, 2009 or some shit, probably? Jesus. Yeah, I'll probably be going with Oleksajic, but staying away unless the line, like, crazily moves. Um, I'll clean out the rest of these really fast. Rolando Bedoya is a big favorite. Minus 310, plus 240 on Song Kernan. Um, again, like I said, Song's usually kind of brought in a lose at this point, it feels like. Don't be surprised to see a Bedoya pick, but ain't no way I'm playing that chalk. Billy Goff plus 116, minus 142 on Yasaku Kinoshida. I'll have to look closer into this one. Um, I like Kinoshida, but, you know, he's a Japanese southpaw, so surprise, surprise, Dan Tom likes him, I know. He, uh, you know, definitely hit some young man speed bumps and it made us pump the brakes. Perhaps that's why the line coordinates there. He opened at minus 150. So you're maybe getting a discount on him. Some money coming in on Joff. Definitely going to try to look into that one if I have time. Probably won't look into Aldridge 150, Liang now plus 520. Actually, you know what I will look into? What is Aldridge round two? Because Liang now is pretty wild and then she gives it up and Aldridge has gotten some wins in round two. Plus 430? Holy shit. Uh, I might actually play that, folks. Don't be surprised to see that on the prop squad or for me to play. I'm going to go look into that one because Leon nah, is fucking do or die. So maybe uh, I do a little Aldridge round two there. Um, that'd be sweet. You're getting a, a north of plus 400 odds. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Let's just do a quick. Let's just do some quick math on that, folks. Let's do some quick math on that now. Leon Na, who is a do or die fighter. Bada bum. Most of our losses are finishes, of course. Round one in the last fight, that was to one of the few girls with actual knockout power in Juarez Gomez. Uh, round two against Carnalosi. Uh, her, all her finishes are in round one. Uh, her second to last loss, Quien, round two. Okay. 
Agapova round one. Again, that's one of the few girls with actual power. He's crazy as she is. Juliana Velasquez. Vasquez! Round two. Um, Shakarkova, round three. That was the girl from Bob, Bob's Burgers, right? Yeah, oh my god. And then I know Aldridge, she's been finished in round two before. Um, but that was like where she was winning, looked like she was doing well, and then wasn't to Barber, which was Barber's classic. Um, and uh, obviously, Liang Na lacks the physicality, much less the physicality of a Barber. Ooh, she lost in round two as well to Blanchfield. Um, when did she get her finishes? If she's gotten fin when she's gotten finishes, let's see. Uh, wow, well, Aldridge doesn't finish much, but I think she can finish this one though. Come on now. Round one, round one. I don't know. Maybe I'll sprinkle rounds two and round three there for uh, for JJ Aldridge because that just seems. Uh, what's round three? Seven hundred. Yeah, I might, I might I might sprinkle on those actually, uh, and it's right on the below the card, so c consider that a loss. Um, all right. Lastly, but not leastly, uh, Sungwoo Choi minus fifty nine versus Jano Aarons. Jano, Jano Aarons. Sorry, I feel like I have to say it in an overly Danish or Dutch accent. Jano Aarons. You got to see Jano like go Henry Wolf. Come on, Jano. Don't quit. Where's the rumble I know? Stand strong. Come on, stand strong. Jano Aaron. Stand strong. Sorry. <laughs> I always wanted to do like a, uh, what do you call it? The sound of music. Uh, wow, Dan, sound of music reference. Really? Wow, fucking Christ. What are you? Who's your audience here? Because uh, the um, the captain reminds me of Henry Hoof. Like, all right, line up, children. He blows the whistle and they all line up. And then there's the one kid who's kind of like offbeat and he's still marching on his own. And like, uh, if, if I wanted to do one of those edits where you put names next to the thing and that makes it funny. And for the person who's not lining up, I was gonna make that Drakus, but Drakus didn't end up staying with. That camp and that camp actually doesn't seem to like him because they all seem to call him out for some reason. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, I don't know what to say about that. I'll probably go with Sung Woo Choi, but I would stay away from that. Sung Woo Choi, not trustworthy, and this looks like it's probably going to be a wild one. All right, see what the chat says. We'll clean up the chat and we'll get the f out of here. 120, not too bad on time. Um, but a bum. Let's see. Fenyo, basically, if you're making like 100. K per fight, UFC will match you with other guys in your pay tier to get rid of one of you and make room for contender series fodder. Yep. I mean, what were they saying? Like uh, a third or over a third or two-thirds of the roster is now uh, close to two-thirds of the roster was contender series? Like they were actually like just like bragging about it on their broadcasts. Economics, baby. Uh, Makoto Kayagoku, um, you think people are going to fade Lemosh after that poor display of fighting last week? I don't know about that. I feel like she overperformed, if anything, uh, if, I, if I made a point at all. Um, Liam picks fights. I think that Shevchenko's wrestling is criminally overrated. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, and hopefully it shouldn't be after what we've seen recently, right? Between our last two fights. Taken down by Pena, Maya, Santos, and Grasso. Absolutely, sir. Uh, Liam picks fights. Nunez in both fights. Sarah Kaufman got a takedown. Absolutely. It is uh, it is the obvious crutch, but again, with the limited sample size, especially in the divisions that she competed in, um, it, took a, it took a while, right? It's not so coincidence that those are being fleshed out as the division um, is actually having somewhat interesting growth in contenders finally, right? Um, James Kendrick, can you do your Irish accent and say... You aren't here to be Irish. You're, I'm not here to be Irish. I'm here to be Brazilian. Um, but I can always do the uh, more McGregor one. You know. And it, by the way, like, what the fuck? Like, uh, I, I'm not even trying to hate because again, I, even though I came off as a, a hater, I was the guy going, no, this guy's actually skilled. He's gonna knock out D Rod. 
Like I, I, I got past that shtick, uh, those growing pains, if you will, before. But oh my God, does he not help himself with the McGregor stuff? And it's crazy because I see people like I respect on the timeline going like, this guy's nothing like McGregor. I like Ian Gary. I'm like, what? Like the whole, uh, oh, look what he said. Tell the teacher mode that he went with the Magni line, which obviously, you know, wasn't the best trash talk. Very, very poor he said even if that's not what he meant like not well not 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 great right but still like is his like, like I, we can't see what's going on there folks like, do we have to really I'm team gary um and like he's even doing like even when he talks like he's doing the the uh, the 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 uh, conor mcgregor like uh, a coked up guy about to tell you business plans at the party like he's not fully hunched like mcgregor like this but he does the thing where he goes when someone asks him a genuine question like like you know, how do you feel it is? You know what? He's got to take the mic and put the hand on the back. And he doesn't do the full crunch like this because McGregor does this now. He's like, eh. And he's like doing the Buzz Lightyear like to Woody. Like, look, look. Cocaine. Fucking coke. Everywhere. Coke everywhere. Uh, but like he does this. Uh, Let me tell you something, fucking Joe. I've been here three times. Three fucking times. And I don't fucking know. And he's like doing his whole like thing. Like, <laughs> take toys. I'll go take fucking toys here. Just wake up. Like, he's just going like, he, I don't know, like. He does the posture and everything, like the coked up guy posture. I don't, I don't get it. Um, Ghost Phantom, what happens if you bet both fighters in a fight? You can't be wrong, correct? I, I guess you know. Part of me in fights like the Caceres and Chikadze fight, part of me wants to go Caceres two three and Chikadze round one. But you know, that's that exposure adds up. You got to kind of decide how you want to play those numbers. And round two is a bit sketchy to me. But yeah, there are there are fights where you can do that, right? Um, all right, unless there's any more questions, I'm going to clean up and get the fuck out of here uh, and recap my picks and plays. So get them in if you can. Hit the like button. Appreciate it. I don't really deserve any of that, but, you know, it's cool. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, sorry I don't have my shouts or notes. I don't even have, like, my bets and stuff written down. I've been kind of just firing by the hip, but I've given you guys everything I'm on or thinking about. There's more than enough to pick from. We'll see what I end up uh, making here. So we're going to go uh, taking... Holloway over Jung. Taking Smith over Span. I'm asking for it there. Taking Chikadze over Caceres. Um, asking for it there too, probably. Taking Nakamura probably over Garcia. Uh, taking Blanchfield over Santos. We'll see if I take Porter over Tafa. Check out my quick picks and prognostications at Junkie. And for the rest of these, make sure to check out my picks on Fight Day at Dan Tom MMA. But I'm leaning toward Cortez Acosta over Bresky. Leaning toward Armfield over Kazama. Um, I like Oleg Sejic over Ninja Kawani. It's just whether or not uh, the line makes me make a play that I don't want to make um, on Oleg Sejic. Uh, if the line makes him a plus money. Uh, I'll take Bedoya over Song Karnan, but uh, I would not play that chalk. Um, definitely going to be looking at Kinoshita over Joff, but check me on fight day for both picks and plays there. Uh, especially for this one, not so much for the pick. Gonna take Aldridge over Liang Na, but uh, gonna look to play Aldridge round two, maybe even round three there. Uh, sprinkle on both those. Uh, I probably will will, will, will will be doing that. Don't be surprised if that's a prop squad play either. And we'll probably pick uh, Sung Woo Choi over Jano Aarons. Jano, stand strong. Sorry. Uh, does he train with Henry Huff too? It's gonna be hilarious. Jano Aarons. Sorry. I'm not say like fucking. Uh, like I'm fucking calling for the chopper and shit. Um, picks go. Uh, I got a Holloway uh, pl round five plus one thousand. I think round. Fucking let's see it. God damn it. 
Holloway round three plus seven hundred. Uh, Holloway round two, whatever the fuck it is, uh, or round round four, whatever the fuck it is. Round five plus one thousand. I think it goes like seven, eight plus one thousand as far as like those go. Let's see. Yeah, that's what it does. Point uh, three three use on each of those, so just under a unit exposure on Holloway. Fucking a unit and a half exposure too much on this fight, no matter who you pick, because we all should probably stay away from this. But I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, play the analysis, and the plus money of the more proven result and fighter. Uh, Anthony Smith, uh, one unit plus 107. Smith by submission, half a unit plus 420. Um, we'll see if uh, Holloway or Smith make it in the round. round. I'll, I'll, I'll do that at the end. Chikadze, uh, I will be uh, probably playing by round one, regardless if it's the... Uh, Round Robin or uh, makes my prop squad uh, plus 500. Uh, don't be surprised to see me no more than a half a unit on that one. Uh, maybe put, do 0.33. We'll see how, how I'm feeling. Maybe I mix a little inside the distance there so I don't put as much on there. Um, taking Blanchfield, I'm already on her. Uh, minus 145, 1.5 units to make just back over a unit. But I also did a little flyer 0.17 U plus 1500 on Blanchfield in round three. Um, if I like Porter, I may play him outright. And uh, definitely going to look to play him by sub in a round robin, if not by outright. Prop squad, if I like what I see. Who knows? Maybe I pick Tafa in that case. I'm staying the F away from that. Uh, again, I'll look Sajik if it goes to plus money, and I, especially if it goes to plus money and I, and I, I didn't like Porter enough to play him or something. Uh, so I still have like a dog shot uh, in my chamber. Maybe I, I fire out on him if that line flips. Um, and again, don't be surprised if it's on my prop squad or we see uh, round two or, uh, on a round robin, but round two and round three probably for Aldridge. So I feel like she can clean up there um, and get back on track. If it's a round robin, maybe I go round two Aldridge or unless I feel more comfortable with the choose Parker, but I really don't. So it'd probably be like a round two for her. Maybe I put round one or by KO, depending on what I'm being limited to for Chikadze for another leg. Maybe I put Blanchfield in round three as a leg. And since I'm already overexposed on Smith, I don't put Smith by sub, but maybe I put like Holloway round four on there as a leg. And maybe that'll be my round robin if they let me do that. Sometimes I get my numbers limited. All right, um, Jimmy Kudo, great show, Dan. No trolls and great analysis. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, Jimmy Kudo, as usual, sir. Thank you, Ghost, as usual. Hope you had a great week, my man. Love all you guys. Uh, Hit the like button, uh, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, it helps, helps motivate me. The positive messages I appreciate. I know I'm not as good at focusing on them as a negative, but uh, you guys know me. I try to reply, and um, they really do mean much more than they may seem, uh, much more than you think, etc. So thank you guys for the positive ratings and reviews, the likes, the shares, the love, the positive messages. Good luck on your picks and plays, and always protect 